0: oh my gosh Lindsay what happened
1: <laughs> I made noises with my mouth <laughs> you know
0: what it re- made me think of
1: <laughs> what did it make you think of
0: of all the potential hazards RVers face in transit driving on the roads the back roads the front roads the, the sideways roads the left roads the right roads intersection for crying out loud
1: you, you need to stay off those, those side roads okay but you're right there's so many things that can go wrong cause accidents when you are towing and honestly we we don't want to scare you We just want to point some of them out and make sure that you're being super duper safe
0: on the road because we love you you know eight or nine i don't know the exact figures but eight or nine times out of ten you have more and better adventures if you're not in the hospital
1: eight or nine times out of ten that is true <laughs> I did. it's probably more like nine point five times out of ten
0: <laughs> depending on what they give you so let's,
1: <laughs> let's talk about some safety on the road it might not be the most fun but we'll do the best we can to make it fun and keep you safe.
0: Welcome to the RV Small Talk Podcast, where we talk about, talk about, talk about? Welcome to the RV Small Talk Podcast, where we talk about lightweight trailers, truck campers, the people, places, and adventures that go right along with them. We are your hosts from Princess Craft RV, I'm Clint.
1: And I had
0: coffee, so y'all
1: better watch out.
0: That's right, and you're most of the way through it, yeah. It's from uh, it's from a uh, not so local local chain
1: <laughs> <laughs> with the windmill as a logo.
0: <laughs> My coffee today is is from Nespresso, and the froth is from the Nespresso um, frother nator. I think that's what they call it
1: here's what happens you guys if you listen at all you probably know that pj and clint are both a little obsessed with coffee they like it different ways yeah i
0: actually don't like it but i like not liking it so i have to keep on experiencing it
1: (laughs) you're insane so we got a nespresso machine specifically for our office we are that bougie and a personal frother so now you can see PJ and Clint over there a couple times a day doing their little barista thing in the corner, and it's pretty adorable. Yeah. But PJ is not here during this podcast, so you're going to have to put up with us too, which is always fun. Um, PJ keeps us in line, but right now she's doing businessy stuff. She mm-hmm. is at.
0: It's called the dealer open house. It's in Elkhart every year, and it's where the manufacturers want to roll out all the newest, latest, greatest designs or changes to their units so that dealers can get an idea of what they're ordering for the next season. Um, Maybe it's maybe it's just some updates to some floor plans that they've had, or maybe it's completely new designs with new technology. So it's a big deal for dealerships to go up to Elkhart and see just as much as they can see and maybe put in some orders for the coming year.
1: And that means P.J. Is going to come back seeing everything new from all the manufacturers have all the all the fun new stuff so we are certainly going to do a podcast on the cool things that she sees up there and mm-hmm. be looking out for that it's always an exciting time it's like an yeah. rv show but for dealerships instead of customers yeah we get to be the customers
0: which in in, in the economic schematic of things that's actually how it really works is that the the end buyer is certainly a customer of the manufacturer, but before that, the dealerships are customers. The dealerships have to buy the units to sell the units. In a way, this it's not just a little oversimplified. There is, <laughs> there is some you know flooring and charges and all that. But in an oversimplified way, the first customer of the manufacturer is the dealership, unless it's a direct to consumer model. Sorry, I'm.
1: For, I'm- Hi. Hi. Okay.
0: Hi. (laughs) Okay. So, so our topic today is just, and and I'm going to admit, I I looked at a few articles on this online and they all pretty much say the same thing in different words. And I did like this one particular article from RV geeks and their slogan is RV like a pro. So I did print off this article from RV geeks and I do believe it is a worthwhile resource to check out. We'll put a link to RV geeks website in the show notes. So you may see me flipping through to jog my memory a little bit. Cause I, I looked at several, but anyways, how to avoid the most common RV accidents. Lindsay, what do you think are the most common RV accidents?
1: Well, you know, I did not read the article because you always need two personalities on a podcast, right? Like one that knows what they're talking about and the other one that just blabs. So I'm here to be the blabber, but Uh, I, (laughs) sorry, maybe the next one we can switch. Sure. Okay. But you know, um, I, I, I would think There's there's a lot of things. And I think that causes some anxiety for people who are new to towing. Uh, It definitely would give me some anxiety. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I know one thing that is very common in accidents is tired drivers. I think that um, or I know that. You want to go to your destination, right? Like, you're so excited to go mm-hmm. camping. You hitch up the trailer, you're ready to go. And the goal is to get there. Yeah. I think it's honestly not even to make this a sexist thing, but a lot of times it's guys who have that, like, yeah, we can do it. We can drive overnight. We, like, I, I can there's do it. There's a badge it's, of honor to it. There's like this it's, manly thing to it, it, is, it right?
0: There, it is. And I think it's, I think there is just, uh, there's something, I guess, in the DNA code that this is kind of how we're a bit wired we have to be trained otherwise
1: i can i can go further longer than than my friend who did this last summer that
0: that or um you just you just lose sight of i mean you have a goal very goal oriented your goal is to have the experience in the place and you don't realize how great an experience it can be in between like there's micro experiences in between
1: are you telling me that it's not about the destination it's about the journey it's about both is is that what you're saying to me right now I've never heard that before too much
0: foam in my mustache
1: (laughs) Um, so yes being well rested is a really important part of travel and we know you have a lot of ground to cover in a short amount of time, but
0: you only get so many days off. They,
1: right. Or
0: I, you're attending an event. You got right,
1: to get there. But even small breaks can be very, very helpful because tired drivers um, is just another form of impairment.
0: This, like, absolutely. And this is one thing you're not going to hear anything in our list that we're going through that is just RVers I don't believe I think you're gonna find that well that's all drivers absolutely but as an RVer we got typically bigger or taller or longer or heavier or any mix of those items things going on you know all at the same time and you know tired drivers you say it's it's a form of impairment a hundred percent as much as an impairment as being over the legal limit yeah So your brain
1: is not functioning correctly. So, yeah, you do have a responsibility. Obviously, Um, you're you're carrying something heavy behind you and a swerve in uh, Toyota Camry. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, I'm tired and I kind of did a little swerve is very different than a swerve when you're pulling a trailer behind you, because sometimes that can't be corrected. I don't think anything we're going to say today. Um, is shocking either. Like mm. it's all kind of, of course, this is not safe. Yeah. But putting them in a list like this can kind of help you get through like, okay, am I doing this safely?
0: Do you have any experiences of tired driving where you're like, oh, I just kind of came to my senses after a few miles and...
1: I remembered I was driving? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. And especially um, that feeling of, when you do kind of shock awake right. or, sh- you know, jolt into your being yeah. and then that actually gives you a little bit of adrenaline and your first thought is, oh, that was really scary. But, but now I'm awake. Now I can I'm awake going. because Don't I scared it. the crap out of myself. do do it. Yeah, that is actually your body telling you to stop
0: quit. yeah absolutely <laughs> so uh and this happens obviously to anyone driving anything whether you're towing or not um i've definitely had this experience and i am i think i'm finally now the you know well established in my 40s i'm finally getting wise enough to recognize it early you in, know,
1: instead of, yeah, because I will, I'll fully admit. I was about to say, you have some experience with tire oh, driving. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've gone end over end in vehicles through guardrails. So do you
1: remember the moment before that? Like, did you, do you remember having a moment when you were like, I'm really tired, but I think I'm just going to push through or having a moment where you said, I'm really tired, but I'm a dude. I can totally do this. I'm just going to keep going. I'm fine.
0: I think as a young man, every you frame a lot of things. I wouldn't say everything, but you frame a lot of things as um, this could be epic, If I, if I can say I drove through the night, it's part of the story I'm writing about this protagonist in my life that is just so happens to be egotistically me.
1: (laughs) But the story definitely took a turn. Yeah. In your case, it did not work out well.
0: Well, okay. So here's, here's, this is, this is a big digression, but okay. So I was, I was in college and and I was at school in San Marcos, Texas. My home was in Victoria, Texas, but I needed I was going to do a summer immersion Spanish immersion study class whatever in Central Mexico. You know Spanish? I I knew more Spanish then than I know now. Oh, okay. It's definitely a use it or lose it thing. <laughs> um so but I I had to get out of my dorm room and that the evening the last day that i could get out of the dorm room and then get home with all my stuff and then be at the airport at some ungodly hour in the morning in houston the next day so i got home i did my laundry i repacked for the trip and then i went to the bus station in, in victoria to ride to houston but the greyhound bus never showed up so, so you had to drive so I made the call because you know my my dad was like I'll take you and I was like no 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 don't worry about it and in my mind in my my dumb 20 year old mind was uh, no this is part of the epic experience and I'm doing something for myself I don't need help and all that and so I hit the road and it was dumb from the get-go and uh, on the way between uh, Victoria and Houston um, I fell asleep somewhere likely drove several miles because you can you know, just like a sleepwalker, you're just in the in-between state. But I uh, I woke up when I hit the guardrail and the airbag smacked me in the face and then uh, started taking out more guardrail and rolling and sliding upside down. And I finally came to rest upside down, 30 feet from going down a 30-foot concrete embankment. So it would have been 30 feet sideways and then 30 feet down. It's fine.
1: I know, okay, here's <laughs> the thing. Clint actually talks about this and your other car accident, like pretty frequently yeah, it was, in a joking yeah. manner yeah. um and it always scares the crap out of me and pj just thinking about it but i mean well, do you- thank goodness you survived and you're okay mm-hmm. but do you think i mean just as advice to people driving do you think it was just a single bad decision or do you think it was just poor planning of your schedule
0: yeah, I think, I think in hindsight, there's, it, it was several things. I mean, the schedule was obviously not optimal. And then there was the pride issue, the ego issue, the, the young, the young mannerism, <laughs> that, you know, that went on. Um I think that I didn't lean heavily on the few things that were said to me. And I think that, uh, I think a few people had the opportunity to actually stop me, but wanted to let me. You know because I was a little bit forceful on my decision-making as a young man um, I
1: can't I can't imagine
0: yeah so uh, I think that there was a lot of wrong and, and I own it it was ultimately me um, the funny thing is is the car was in such bad shape you know you crawl out the window and the cars all smashed up but uh, you crawl out of it and it's it's three in the morning and you know other people on the highway because it's, it's a busy highway saw it happen but no one stopped um and so and i my glasses were destroyed by the airbag. And piece uh, who knows where the pieces were so i couldn't see very well it was all blurry eyed um and uh finally i got someone to turn around and pull around and said i called the cops for you and i'm you know fantastic and then they left again too um it's insane but I had the phone number of the um, the professor of the class that was going down there for the the class with us, and uh, and I called. And first, okay, first the police officers came and checked everything out, and then, um, then I called my parents and said, "Look, I was in an accident, um, and and I think I'm fine, and I think if I can make it to the airport, I can still go. I'm good." Hey, to there's
1: go. that there's that pride thing again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, well, and also, just, you, you start measuring things wrong like this costs money and i signed up for it And it's going to be letting me down and them down and all this other stuff so all the, all the wrong thinking happened converges um so they they asked for the police officer to get on the phone to, to verify that i wasn't you know just shell shocked which i was uh i was very lucid shell shocked um and the police officer says yeah we don't know he, he seems to be fine absolutely fine don't take police officers word at 3 a.m. in the morning when the kid is in the ditch (laughs) but um, so I called the the professor of the class and uh, turns out they were they were a few miles behind me when it all happened so they were when I called them up I said look I I had an accident I'm in the ditch but if if someone is passing by this way on the way to the airport and they could pick me up I'm good to go and turns out as soon as I was on the phone with them they were passing by way so they looped around got on the access road we looked Loaded up the stuff i could dig out of my upside down car and i went to the airport
1: <laughs>
0: and i went to to do my two and a half week class in mexico
1: yeah i, I- yeah well that is a great story for why not to drive
0: tired so it's expensive y'all if if anything else it's just not efficient use of money prepare yourself (laughs) all right uh that was all right let's move on big digression
1: there uh wind gusts high wind
0: oh this one this one
1: gets me this one gets me so nervous um especially when it's kind of sudden where it's not like that Mm -hmm. constant wind that Mm -hmm. constant wind you can you can really hold tight onto that steering wheel and kind of get your groove with Mm -hmm. oh i know the wind is blowing this direction but sometimes you just you're driving along you're doing fine you might you know take one hand off the wheel uh, to change the station or grab a drink and that gust of wind comes and it is
0: such a so surprise scary. so
1: scary right so is looking at the weather looking at wind gust of from where you're traveling something that you
0: do before you hit the road i definitely check the weather but i'm not checking for wind and maybe that's something i need to start doing i just check for how hot's it going to be rain, and, and and rain and, and, you, you know, know the normal stuff figure a storm will bring wind and if there's no storms on there then it can still be a super windy day but i don't think that way for some reason i I'm not a smart man
1: so <laughs> what big gust of wind uh-huh. the thing the thing that you know obviously you're afraid of is that one little swerve uh-huh. gets your trailer uh-huh. rocking back and forth uh-huh. if that starts to happen uh-huh. if you get a big gust of wind and your trailer starts doing the little tail wag thing, yeah
0: yeah does yeah. the tango what do you do um Really, what you want to do is you want to, in a, as controlled a manner as possible, start slowing down. But slamming your brakes is almost like it's highly likely to cause this weight to get significantly worse.
1: It's like seeing a cop when you're speeding. You don't want to slam on your brakes. No. Is, <laughs> you do want to let off the gas. Yes. Yeah. It's drawing <laughs> attention to physics,
0: and <laughs> physics will make you pay. You would like to <laughs>
1: let off the gas and get your hands on that steering mm-hmm. wheel and. Most of the time, if you catch it like that and you have the proper equipment, Mm -hmm. the sway control, you know, your brake controller, you got, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it should be okay.
0: So this is going to feed into some other things we're going to talk about, but your setup matters significantly Mm -hmm. on how it's going to tow, how, how your trailer and your rig are going to, to manage windy situations. Um, and so part of its setup, part of its equipment, like a, like a sway bar, or better yet, a um, weight, distri- weight distribution hitch, mm-hmm. the modern ones don't, not, don't just do weight distribution, they also mitigate sway to a large degree. Um, but know how to use your brake system. The vast majority of these trailers have electric brakes, and if you can actuate, turn on, the brakes on your trailer first, before you start bringing in the brakes on the tow vehicle, then then that'll actually help to straighten things out significantly. Now, brake controllers typically have a button or a little a little pressure a little squeeze lever, yeah. lever, something, and that's what you want to do. And you, again, you don't want to go slamming your brake on your vehicle. You don't want to be slamming the brakes on the trailer either. You want to with with some level of uh, calm if you can manage it just bring on the brakes on the trailer you might feel it it'll feel like you're dragging a an anchor behind you good good that's helping you to be in a straight line yes and you can you can utilize those brakes to slow down the tow vehicle too so this doesn't necessarily this isn't necessarily the way you want to use the brake system in like curve curvy mountain situations but you're more likely to fix the kind of wind gust situations that we're talking about in like in the Midwest, it's just, right. it's a vast open plane going straight. This yes. is where you see 18 wheelers jumping over and all the, uh, all that. Well, you don't want to be in that mix. So choose your time and set up your equipment. Well, have the right equipment. And if you can slow down the trailer behind you before your tow vehicle, and this works on bicycles too. So I like to, to bring this up to my kids all the time or, myself <laughs> uh, a lot of bicycle accidents happen from people not knowing which lever to go brake lever to go for first and they actuate the front brake before the back brake and that causes hey I know what go, happens there yeah you go right Ooh. over the, mm, right over the front and so so without the without the friction on the back wheel and all that already bringing you down then then the friction on the front wheel just becomes a It it's like a lever and it lightens the load on the back of your tow vehicle and the the hitch and and all the way back. So, like on a bicycle, you actually want to use the back brake first. Well, in the in a high wind situation, use the furthest back brakes first. Trailer brakes, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And this and a couple other things we're talking about on this list that have to do with uh, the brake control. really it sounds crazy but the best way to prepare yourself for an emergency situation before it's actually an emergency is to practice yes drive around your neighborhood Mm -hmm. and practice pushing the button. You know what it feels yeah, like to push it hard or to push it right. a little bit or to, you know, how fast it it works and how it feels because that's the same thing you do. I mean, you practice stop, drop and roll when you're a kid, right? Yeah. You practice the situation before it's an emergency and it might sound totally crazy but it is really the best way that way when you get into that situation mm-hmm. you don't have to think you've already done this you've done this a hundred times driving around your mm-hmm. neighborhood you know exactly what to push how hard to push it right um let's talk about overloaded rvs and unevenly loaded travel trailers and it's two things on the list but we're yeah. going to kind of combine them because long. they do the same thing yeah. pretty much
0: one last thing on the wind guys. oh yeah sorry if I can. If you have the opportunity to choose back roads versus interstate highways when it's a windy situation, we can usually mitigate a lot of the wind problems, too. Mm-hmm. You might be taking a more scenic route. You might be taking a, a less open route, you know, whatever. But there's sometimes some trees that break up the wind on those back roads versus interstate. It's largely the easement on the side is so open and clear and all that. So, that you know, pick your path as well. It's true. Yeah. I
1: mean, a wind gust combined with an 18-wheeler passing you on the left oh, yeah. is very dangerous. Those 18-wheelers are fighting the same wind gust you are right. and contributing. Well, they
0: create a vacuum. To the
1: push and suck, yeah, <laughs> they create a
0: vacuum when they're coming up on you, and then they cre- create a push. So, Ugh. so it causes it. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, to the overloaded and unevenly loaded.
1: I, I think. I mean, of course, this podcast you get a little bit different perspective, or at least we try to give you a different perspective because we. Literally, see these things every day. And when people come to pick up their trailers, we are um, really big on educating them on how to tow. And part of that is how to load your trailer. A lot of people say, "Whoa! I had no idea I was supposed to load the heavy things in the front, or the back, or the middle." Right. Or I mean, you just—that's not something that we talk about. It's—it's mm-hmm. um, it's not common knowledge so make sure that you are loading your trailer uh the correct way Mm -hmm. and you can talk to your dealership i mean it depends on how heavy your trailer is and where the weight in the trailer is some trailers have a very heavy tongue weight all the stuff is in the front of the trailer Um, and so you're going to distribute the weight differently
0: by loading further to the back at the axle or behind so when it comes to loading your setup your tow rig with your trailer or what have you i i kind of think of in one way and i'm not going to say this is this 100 right this is how it works out in my brain um you want to obviously there's tongue weight on a trailer that pushes down on the back of the vehicle and pushes most of the weight down on the rear wheels of your tow vehicle but in, if it pushes too much weight down on the rear wheels it actually lifts some of the weight off of the front wheels which gives you less of a sure feeling while steering so you get that floaty feeling have you ever had that while towing a trailer Where i just, have not but it, i know what you mean it, it just feels less solid less secure so to me uh, you know there's the best way honestly to do this is to go to a scale and weigh your setup pack it out the way you, you think is right and weigh it, or use that at home tongue weight scale, that's the right way. Do, do it scientifically mm-hmm. with the maths. right? But uh, if you do have to do it by feel, you can tell if you are too tongue heavy to a degree, by how the steering feels now too little tongue weight lifts pressure off of the rear wheels because the tongue of the trailer is pulling up on the hitch and that's a whole nother traction issue Um, most tow vehicles are rear wheel drive so with your if your power driven wheels lose traction with the ground friction with the ground then it's easy for your rear end to want to scuttle away from you side to side or even try to push around the front tires of the tow vehicle so by feel alone you can kind of get a a sense of i might be playing a little unsafe here and in which case like i said i still think the best way is to do it by the numbers it's just not always Wait, your trailer. It's just not always the easiest, most immediate thing to do by the numbers, but there's great little hitches. There's, there's balls that have built in scales in them, uh, way safe and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a, a fairly cheap on from an RV dealership from Amazon, whatever. You can get a hit, uh, tongue scale. scale yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's ways to do this and don't overload your tow vehicle. And we like to. I mean, obviously, they sell for the trailer for this is your GVWR and all that. And you don't want to go. You don't want to go up to the bleeding line, and certainly not pass the bleeding line of your tow vehicle's actual towing capacity.
1: What the axle can handle.
0: What the axles can handle, and you can go on the the inside door and figure out you know what it's rated mm-hmm. for and all that. But remember that rating is for uh, is is for everything in the tow vehicle. And attached to it. So if you're adding sandwiches, they weigh something.
1: Heavy subs. That's
0: right. If you go to to 11 and get yourself a super duper gulp, that weighs something. <laughs> if if you're if you're used to driving around with your puppy with your with your dog your favorite dog and 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 suddenly there's a bunch of puppies. Each one of those puppies.
1: All right. And we're, their food.
0: We're moving on. Oh, okay.
1: We're moving on to speed. <laughs> I mean, duh, right? Don't speed. It's dangerous. Yeah. But this is what causes so many. Majority of the crashes because you're you're going too fast. And the thing is, when you're going too fast and one of these things happens, um a wind gust, mm-hmm. you not being um loaded correctly weight wise, mm-hmm. a blowout speed is going to make it go yeah. from a kind of crappy situation to a deadly one real quick. Yeah. Um, wa- watch your speed. You know, it's kind of goes back to the tired thing. We know that you want to get there. We know right. that you have this like urgency to start the vacation.
0: Yeah. Um, and there's even a kind of uh, roadway social pressure
1: oh oh totally especially when you see somebody else towing something that passes you and you're like oh well in that case
0: yeah pedal to the metal there's ego involved and there's i don't want the people behind me to be mad at me and stuff like that um i just feel like none of that is
1: really worth uh the danger of speeding don't speed yeah um Inexperienced drivers. Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Here's so, the thing.
0: Yeah. You you, t- you do your take first. How
1: do you, how how do you be an experienced driver without driving inexperiencedly?
0: And that is, therein lies. You got to look at it as a process, and the process is when you're early in your towing game. Work on fundamentals, just like anything else. It's skill building, it's yes. getting acquainted. It, you remember it's, when
1: you learned how to drive? Pretend like that again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, be, be cautious, take it slower, choose your time to practice, choose your places to practice, but do practice, you know? Um, don't go out there like I've been driving for 10, 15, 20 years, I know what I'm doing, it's just I'm attaching something to the rear of my vehicle and I'm gonna drive normally it's a very different setup from a physics standpoint you know
1: if if
0: i i mean and from a visibility standpoint. How, how
1: many people do you know that we hear every day here who say oh the first thing i'm doing is going to an empty parking lot and practicing mm-hmm. or you know do you have any classes on how to tow mm-hmm. i mean Practice, practice,
0: practice. Um, And we want to strike a balance saying you got this. You can do this. Absolutely. Look at all the people who do this every day. You're you're one of them. You just don't know it yet. But we want to strike a balance between that. You can do this and you got this and spend the time. Do the homework see
1: we could, we could do a whole <laughs> podcast about like the psychology of we see it every day here guys i'm not kidding every single day the psychology of fear um, when it comes to towing and like how that fear really helps people become a good driver because mm-hmm. they're cautious and they plan and they're focused but mm-hmm. that fear can also hold you back well i don't want to go there because i don't know how to drive in the mm-hmm. mountains i don't want to go too far from my house or i only do pull through sites because i'm scared of backing right. up so we the yeah. psychology of like are you going to let fear get you prepared or are you going to let fear keep you from doing things well yeah you're right that is a balance
0: because we want you to be safe and we want you to go go do the Mm -hmm. dang thing right we've seen it a few times where where some a customer has finally got themselves over the edge i'm going to do this they've hyped themselves up to the point and through the point of purchase which is not the dealership's the hasn't done anything wrong. We're with you. We we want this for you. We want these experiences and this travel and this freedom for you and all that. And and if you finally brought yourself to, to that place, then awesome. Let's help you get in the right trailer. And then we hear a year later that it's just been sitting in their driveway because they lost their hype. Too scared. They're too scared to, to drive around through traffic just to get out of town. They're too scared to back it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've lost all that that hype and confidence. So I think that, I think that if you are one who has to overly hype yourself up, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to be a whole new person to take on this experience. You might need to take account of that and say, maybe before I buy the expensive thing, I need to find a community that does this.
1: And there's so many. That's the thing about inexperienced drivers is at some point, I mean, this might sound really mean, but at some point you have no excuse, right? Like you have no excuse to um, to to not do it because everybody was inexperienced at some point. Yep. Nobody just did this the first time and said, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a pro. Bring on the high winds um, like nobody. And my favorite thing to tell customers, especially, you know, we get a lot of women in here who are going camping by themselves and that is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of towing the unknowns, the high winds. What if it rains? um, You know, is it loaded well? Mm -hmm. And what I like to tell them is you didn't know how to drive at one point. Right. You did not know how to push the gas pedal and turn the wheel. But now, I bet you anything, you do it without even thinking, Mm -hmm. right? You'll go for miles without even realizing, oh, like, this is how you drive. Some of you do it in your sleep. (laughs) But don't do that. And towing is, it really is the same thing. Driving, to me, was terrifying when I Learned how to drive. I and mean, she's
0: got like a medical issue. She gets I nauseous thinking about driving. It's
1: true, I do. <laughs> it was terrifying, and now I do it without thinking about it. Towing is the exact same thing, which goes into distracted drivers, which oh. is a, all another terrible thing. So,
0: oh man, when it, I
1: was learning how to drive, mm-hmm. um, my parents got me my first car. Okay, here's the thing: they got to pick it out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but. I had to pay for it, mm-hmm. which that's I thought was totally unfair when I was a kid, and now I'm like that was really kind of smart. the way it was for me. Yeah, as well. that was that was yeah. really smart. So I had that's a old Volvo
0: S40, I think it was yeah, red. Yeah, it's super and safe car. Wow, they went for the safest thing they it, could find because <laughs> they know
1: me. They know me, man. <laughs> but I remember my. Mom, like taking me out and being like, "Here's your car," you know, and then telling me that her favorite thing about the car was it had a ten-disc CD changer.
0: So you didn't have to deal with discs, and it was in the trunk. Yeah,
1: it, which <laughs> I had never heard of since, and mm-hmm. I, 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 I've never heard of yeah since Man, or those before the that thing though. I and I remember being furious at my mother. Are you serious? I have to pull into a parking lot and park my car if I don't want to listen to if I want to change the CDs.
0: Like, mm-hmm. I, how inconvenient. I
1: am a music person. OK, <laughs> I need a selection of more than 10. Right. I don't know what I'm going to be in the mood for. So I I just remember being furious and I had that car for years. And yeah, I had to pull over if none of those CDs were what I wanted to listen to. No one
0: told you that you could change out the stereo deck, the receiver.
1: Like I had money for that. I was paying for this dang Volvo. (laughs) (laughs) So point is, um, she was so excited because I that meant I could not look through and change my CDs while I was driving, which uh, for all of you youngins, listen to this podcast, which I'm sure there are none, mm-hmm. is totally a thing when we would flip through our CDs while we were driving
0: our CD books. I remember that it was a thing when I was in high school and college that cars would get broken into for, for the CDs. The CDs. <laughs> oh,
1: when your CDs got stolen, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. It was really a blow. So... Now that I am an adult and I know how to drive and I feel like I'm a very responsible driver, I still, I still will wait until I'm at a stoplight to like change the you know push push the touch screen to change Mm, the the podcast or or whatever i mean it's just ingrained in me and i'm so grateful because distracted driving i mean y'all don't need us to be a freaking psa commercial you know it's bad but
0: But, yeah
1: when you have once again when you have something big and heavy dragging behind you you know that that one that one look to the side Mm -hmm. um I got into a car accident in high school because my best friend was driving and she had just gotten new seat covers and we had put them in her car in her Toyota Camry they were purple and they had butterflies and we thought they were so cool and then we put them in her car and we were driving down the road not five minutes later and she turned and saw that the uh, seat cover was like wrinkled so she reached over to pull it down to straighten it oh, and no. boom at 60 miles an hour in front of uh, a stopped car or oh, ran into a stopped car no. it was so I yeah I mean these things happen I'm sure yeah. everybody listening has a story
0: of distracted driving, and I gotta tell you, um, I do enjoy riding my motorcycle to and from home and all that. But sitting at intersections, you just it's see everybody. Bewildering how many people have their phone in their hand. It's in freaking sane how many people have their phone in hand and they're looking at their phone or they're looking down not even across the dashboard you know at a phone but it's down or something i can i can think of probably four intersections on my way to and from work that all i do is see how many people i can count while my light is red and it's obnoxious and terrifying
1: it is terrifying because it's so n- normal yeah. like it's like that's just what we do and you know what i think is funny is these cars that now have like yeah you know i can literally talk to my car and say uh text clint i'm gonna be five minutes late for work Mm -hmm. but you know what i still have to look over at my screen Mm -hmm. push the little microphone button Mm -hmm. and then i have to talk to it and then it's gonna read it back to me and then i have to push a button to confirm to send it yeah so That's still pretty dang distracting if you
0: ask me. And and if you think about it, it's actually task switching from focus driving to dealing with a text or music or podcast or whatever and task switching back. It's actually two different tasks. And now you're a little bit automated in the driving respect, but your attention is not. Your attention is not automated. So you not only have the time it takes to do the thing, there's a little bit of a lag between switching to that other to task ta- and switching back
1: i feel like as a society we feel like we're so good at this we feel like we're so mm. good at multitasking and we're so good at task switching yeah. because that's the way our world is and everything's fast now and well, you we've gotta-
0: held it up as this this, this virtuous thing is right be good like look how many things i can do <laughs> but the fact is we're inefficient it's well
1: we still have human brains and yeah. human brains operate in a certain way right. so anyway i I feel like we're getting super preachy here, but uh,
0: preach, sister. Just,
1: just, just be safe, man. Just yeah. do it because you know what it takes. One distracted driver who might not ever mm-hmm. make a mistake next to another distracted driver who makes a mistake and then boom you're both done
0: but it's also even if you're not a distracted driver being a slightly amped up maybe hyper vigilant looking for distracted drivers. someone else is distracted So it's not just that you're a distracted driver towing let's say you're not let's say you're not but maybe turn it up a little bit particularly if you're in an urban area or you know they tell you know looking at some statistics recently You know i say urban areas but the locations that have the most uh most car accidents with fatalities is actually in rural areas and it's often because it's it's non-signalized or unmarked intersections and the speeds and people aren't used to traffic coming through and all that so every now and then it just catches up and it's and so let's say you're an inert in a rural area Say rural again. Say you're in a rural area. (laughs) And I mean, distraction happens out there too. And it may be a phone because everyone's connected now. And it may be a coyote. I was about to say a cow. Uh, A roadrunner. Tweety bird.
1: (laughs) What else can get me in to a wreck?
0: Things you don't see. I'm blind. And your blind spot.
1: Man. Sometimes I forget that blind spots are a thing and then i have one of those near yeah thingies and i'm like oh
0: merges oh yeah people coming off of a highway onto onto a feeder road or something like that and and you just don't know that they're there they're not there and then they're
1: they're not there and then they're there yeah so the uh You know, they have those extended toe mirrors, Mm -hmm. which are really awesome. It is not going to eliminate the problem. Mm -hmm. You still have to pay attention, but it makes it so much easier when you have a
0: trailer to, you know, catch that blind spot. Don't rely on technology, not just yet. Turn
1: your head.
0: (laughs) And and I've run into this several times with... uh, maybe maybe the older generation that preceded me um where i'm seeing a bunch of vehicles on their tailing um passenger side corner there people are so immediately just relying on their reverse screen the reverse Mm -hmm. camera Mm -hmm. that they are no longer looking over physically looking over their shoulder and those reverse cameras are they're great but they just don't show you everything
1: well you know i have to look behind me because i can't look at the reverse camera because it makes me nauseous
0: (laughs) <laughs> see, you're built in more safe <laughs> that way. I'm built in safe. Um, and it's, there's two blind spots. There's a physical blind spot of what you cannot see or see well in your mirrors. Um, and then there's literally a spot in your eye. Where your ocular nerve attaches to the back of your eye, that is a literal blind spot. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So in really? your eye, you actually have a blind spot that is decreased, if not completely obstructed. It just doesn't just doesn't resonate with your brain. So if you're glancing quickly, something like a motorcycle will be right there. Yeah. So take a pronounced turn of the head and maybe look over your shoulders. And spend a little bit more time. Maybe do the owl thing. When you're using your mirrors, do the owl thing and move your head around.
1: Oh, my gosh. If y'all are not watching this podcast on YouTube, you're missing Clint's weird ass head movements. What do you do? Stop
0: doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm owling.
1: <laughs> I'm owling out.
0: That's right. I'm Clinton Owlin Sandberg. Oh, Lord. No, Clinton Allen Sandberg, not Lord.
1: <laughs> Miscalculated <laughs> turns and stops.
0: You cannot treat your tow vehicle like it's not towing. If you are used to driving your truck around with without it being loaded up and you're going to hit a corner at the same speed. No, you're not. it's not going to respond the same way don't do it and and the trailer follows a shorter path around a corner than your tow vehicle which is why you see big 18 wheelers say makes wide right -right (laughs) turns it's because the the they have to allow for the shorter turn radius Smaller but turn-takers. how
1: come it doesn't say makes wide turns? How come it's only right turns?
0: It's more pronounced over because because if you're in the US and many places a right turn is a sharper corner. So so why? Well, go set standard intersection.
1: Oh, because you're not going out yeah, yeah. to get yeah. on the other side of the lane. The,
0: yeah. The trailer is it, going uh, left. The trailer still okay. is taking a shorter path, but it's not as pronounced as, you know, the hop in the curb thing. Isn't that is
1: so funny because I, I honestly have always wondered that, but mm-hmm. I never wanted to ask anybody. Cause I thought it was a really stupid question. I didn't mm-hmm. want anybody to know. I didn't know, but, mm-hmm. um, I decided right here in this microphone. Is when I would
0: so be we can vulnerable. all, we can all get over <laughs> this with you.
1: And that makes so much yeah. sense. I don't know why I
0: didn't think about it, but back to the physics of it. Um, You're not the same vehicle when you're hitched up to something or you're burdened or loaded down or there's tongue weight or there's mass behind you that can push you through an intersection. So you cannot think the same way. You have to spend time with your setup and get used to this whole new thing. Consider it a completely different vehicle, even if it looks and smells the same. It, it's, it it's, it's a same. different vehicle well yeah well, cannot
1: stop as fast i mean just yeah. and i i guess i guess what we're saying here or at least what i'm saying is just just mentally prepare for that i know you know this but when you get into the car to start your travels it is really good to just think about like okay i need to turn wider i need to stop slower um just keep these things in in mind, because yeah. I think when people hop in their vehicles to go out on a trip, if you don't think about these things, then that's when you can yeah. have an accident that you did, you knew better, right? You right. knew better, right? But you and just weren't aware. Can I add to that? No.
0: Is, okay.
1: I'm just kidding. Okay.
0: Can I add to that, that it's not just, you know, where your tires are and maybe not just the width of your vehicle, but a lot of people, it's real easy to not understand how much taller a trailer or truck camper Mm, might be. That's true. And uh, so we see a good number of service department projects in a year (laughs) of people forgetting how tall their vehicle, their trailer is, or that there's a tall leading edge. And, and, That's another thing. Get your eyes on it and keep it in mind. Maybe put a little post it inside your vehicle. I am this tall. (laughs) You know?
1: Yes, it's true. We, I mean, we see it way more often than I mm. thought uh, mm-hmm. was d- the case. Yeah, okay. I mean, just the top scraped off the uh, AC condition- hidden. Yeah,
0: air conditioner's gone. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it happens a lot. Parking uh, garages, overpasses, yes. fast food drive-throughs, and don't you trust name it.
0: the don't trust the sign that tells you that this bridge is you know fourteen foot eight inches.
1: I know we covered this yeah. in another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I think it was our like planning your route.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but I learned and I will pass on this info yep. that they will measure right so they measure and then they write on the bridge or they put the sign up that says you know 11 feet 17 7- inches or whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's not there's only 12 inches in a foot okay this one uh, is
0: 12 foot 5 I, <laughs> 11 feet 17 inches. whatever
1: <laughs> but then over time they repave the road and this can happen several times over you know no. 20 30 years
0: yeah. and they never change the sign
1: they're not going to change the sign. So no, that is no one's job. Yeah. That is no one's job to keep up with that and to remeasure. And uh, you know, you hope the roadway system people mm-hmm. in charge would uh, keep up with that. And I'm sure sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't. And those things yeah. are inaccurate by more than an inch. Sure. So up to a half a
0: foot. Really? Yeah, that's and, terrifying. And I mean, considering some of these are really rural places. Rural, rural, and the and this could they, they could resurface several times. You know, stuff settles, stuff gets resurfaced, and what if there's a bump? And what you, if you, you got the clearance of one inch, but you hit a bump, and then
1: you and the installed that, that max air fan on top. That's
0: right, that's right. And the you satellite. forgot to add a
1: few inches. Yeah, guys, I, we're we're totally not kidding. We see this like a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot. So just figure out how tall you are. Uh, yeah, that definitely goes with miscalculated turns and stops.
0: And you know, I like there are some products out there that can help a lot with this. Now you still have to do your measurements and know it. But I I was traveling for a while. I was testing a Garmin product um, that we do you had still a, have that. I don't. We we I liked it a lot, and then I talked about it with a customer, and they bought it for me uh, because it was it was a print. You know, it was here in inventory. Right. So I was just testing it. It was one of the Garmin uh, GPS units. It was actually their overland unit and the thing was amazing i know we all have gps on our phones and yes by and large 98 percent of the time it does everything we need but this thing was brilliant for going into you know the far reaches of you know southwest colorado and things like that it was incredible plus i could put in the length weight and height of my rig and it would plan a route that would make sure i didn't hit trees and i didn't go over bridges where i where i exceeded the weight limit and it was incredible using this technology so there are products like the garmin products and there are some others i think tom toms and other have a few units that you can put in your rv specs and it'll help you to do your trip planning and help you to navigate safely there you go
1: Uh, make it easy on yourself all right we have one more it's obviously obvious don't don't drive impaired
0: and i don't think that most of our listeners i don't I, i feel like most of our listeners get the baseline of the alcohol and and other things like that but prescription drugs that's that's a real thing you know, or maybe not prescribed, maybe over the counter, and it's just Sudafed or some for your allergies. If it's Benadryl, I should not be driving. If it's Benadryl, me neither. I should barely be walking. If it's Benadryl, <laughs> I should be sleeping. Ch- chances are, I'm sleepwalking. If it's Benadryl,
1: <laughs> but these small things that you might not think about um, can be the difference between. Uh, reaction time mm-hmm. if something happens mm-hmm. or even just being prepared you know that thinking yeah. okay I have something behind me I need to stop slower yeah. I need to turn wider uh, if your if your brain is impaired in any way then those thoughts might not go through your head and that's what causes accidents yeah,
0: yeah I mean so so we talked first off is being too overly tired that's an impairment but any of these other things and it's allergy season y'all I mean let's,
1: let's <laughs> say hopped up on allergy meds. let's
0: say you're not hopped up on allergy meds but you have a lot of sinus pressure you know how that affects your thinking and your visual acuteness and all that you just be aware of yourself for the sake of yourself and others
1: Uh, you know the three things that will that are Most common in these accidents, especially with trailers, is you are impaired in some way, Mm -hmm. you are tired or you are speeding. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. and those are all things that you can easily
0: avoid. There's so much under control that the uh, the court of law will bring it up. (laughs) should there be an issue
1: (laughs) we just want you to be safe so you can go camping more that's all yeah um these are just things to keep in mind or uh things to share with somebody if they are new at towing and you're not sure how to sure prepare them for it can i
0: I add just a bonus no okay
1: yes of course don't listen to me all right
0: so so the bonus is uh do yourself the favor you'll feel much more confident if you do routine maintenance on your tow vehicle and your trailer and you have the proper equipment say you're using a a sway bar or a weight distribution hitch um, a brake controller and all that you have the proper equipment and one step further because the proper equipment is not the proper equipment unless it is properly dialed in and set up and then then go out and practice with the right equipment the right setup but this is this is a big deal and check your tires check your tires make sure your tires are healthy and properly inflated too I'm yes so, sir I'm soapboxing but
1: you are so I mean this whole podcast important. was kind of a soapbox but I had fun
0: but but we do it because we love
1: you yeah it's true and we've Um, seen things
0: (laughs) like check your lug nuts too i've seen i've seen tires we could go on and on
1: we have plenty (laughs) of podcasts on safety how to check your lug nuts how to see if your tires are good what to look for all of those podcasts available at rvsmalltalk.com also our show notes are available at rvsmalltalk.com in case you want to see this article um yeah we'll put it there and, and, you know, make a list of your own, a list to check before you leave. Am I tired? It's like, uh, what do you call it? Wallet, keys, phone. This is like the, am I tired? Am I hungry? Eh, am I drunk? <laughs> Just a little checklist before you start driving.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in the meantime, um, we have a tiny trailer rally coming up. So whenever you hear this, go immediately over to TexasTinyTrailerRally.com. We currently have how many... I think 88 trailers coming. 88 trailers coming. There is room for
1: a couple more. Mm -hmm. So head over to TexasTinyTrailerRally.com. There's a little register button Mm -hmm. there. So you need to fill out that form. And then you need to call Skyline Ranch RV Park. The number is right there on the site to reserve your spot. There is Mm -hmm. going to be a solar eclipse during this rally. So it's going to be really, really fun. And also the rally is free. You do not have to buy your RV from Princess Craft. We don't care how big it is. You just have to love tiny trailers, um, it, and it's it's free. Mm-hmm. All you do is pay for your reservation at the camp. Right. We're gonna have some classes for beginners. We're gonna have some live music. We're gonna have some dancing. We're gonna have some lots, food? Of, lots, food? Of, lots of food. food? Okay, uh, lots of food. It's gonna be really fun. That is October 11th through 15th at Skyline Ranch RV Park in Bandera. And if you can't make this one, we have another one in the spring. Mm -hmm. And it is actually a week after the big full solar eclipse. But the park is doing a special. So if you're still looking for a spot to get prime viewing of that solar eclipse, cannot get better. your spot is in Bandera and they still have spots available. They're saving them for people who are coming to the spring rally. So if you want to do both, you can see the eclipse, you can come to the rally. Bing, bang, boom. We got you covered. Don't worry. We got you, listeners. Mm-hmm. Just check out texas tiny trailer for the details and registration for both of those rallies, fall and spring i think i think i'm done talking about the rallies now
0: everybody thank you for joining us for this episode of the rv small talk podcast we will come at you again soon with maybe some more entertainment maybe some more information things to to keep us going and inspired and maybe a little bit safe and we'll have pj on when we get her back from Elkhart. until then we'll see you next time
1: bye